For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. We are still, I guess we're back still in Florida. Another episode, a few points. We've never left. I know we never left. left. But it's like in in podcast world, though, this is like two weeks later. This is great. I'll be home. (laughs) Still the same night. Is this the the modern version of time travel? I guess it is. Like, I wish we, don't you wish we had like the lottery numbers in the last episode and we could have gave them to everybody in this episode? Podcast number three within 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're Two still some later. Who are you going to drag home tomorrow? <laughs> Jeez, I wish we could get Greg. What uh, could you imagine a podcast with Greg and Bridget? You just need to. He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Maybe if we got Greg and Bridget on here, nobody would think we talk as much. We know about everything. I shouldn't say we. It's pretty much me. We would know everything that happened between 1974 and present, and we know all about taxes. I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, I think uh, Bridget is a walking uh, tax encyclopedia, and Greg is a walking equipment encyclopedia. I guess we should mention who we're talking about. So we're down here at the Florida Auctions. We've got uh, Mike from Dirt Boss here. We're going to have uh, – we'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Chris, let's take 18. But we've been hanging out with Clint and uh, his dad down here with CNC Equipment, and it's been uh, – it has been awesome. They've been a lot of fun. And uh, his dad, man, every time – we walk up to an old vintage piece of equipment. He has to tell us how much it costs new, which is pretty yep. cool. And I think he's pretty dang accurate. So yeah, for sure, experience counts on that one. For yeah. sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, but anyways, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, um, Mike Dirt Boss Tri County Masonry. What what, what what are we gonna go by? Yeah, well, you said it. <laughs> Dirt Boss. Dirt Boss is good. Yeah. <laughs> So Dirt Boss is the name of the uh, YouTube channel, yep. and um, obviously we met through met through YouTube. And um, so what, I mean, we've met a couple times. It was the second time we met in person. We've talked on the phone a dozen times maybe. Uh, had you on a live feed a while back, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about, a whole lot about you at all, so let's go back to the beginning. Right. New York? Yeah, New York, Albany, New York. I mean, I never would have guessed from the accent and the attitude. I mean, I, <laughs> never. I mean, never. I, I thought for sure Texas. Like, I, I got Texas. I was uh, Yeah. Day one, tell us how it started. <laughs> I'm great at this. Yeah. Let's go straight to the point. No glamour. We have no. to make this last an hour, Chris. We got we got to pull back this throttle just a little bit. So, so uh, New York, New York's a big state. You're you can't be from all of it. What part? Upstate. Upstate, yeah, yeah, northeast. I think there's a couple other YouTubers up there in your yeah. neck of the woods. You got the big guy. Well, <laughs> not this is the big deal over here. Yeah. But then we got the big guy. 
There's only one person knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't do that while I'm done today drinking Pepsi. That's how you too many electronics. Yeah, there's too many electronics around here for uh, for untimed jokes there. So, but you grew up in that part of. I mean, you you're born and raised there. Yeah. Yep. You're saying your family had a pretty good little size farm up there. Yep. Uh, So only child, only child. You got siblings. Is it only child? You got siblings? No, I got a, I got a sister. Sister, Older sister. She actually lives here in Florida. Here in Florida. Yeah, she's down in Southern Florida. So growing up, I mean, what was what was like? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like New York's is like New York to Indiana feels like a whole different country because you yeah. guys do stuff and got such a different mentality yeah, every, up there. So everybody like? thinks New York is. Yeah, the city. everybody thinks it's kind yeah. of jungle, it's just a little tiny yeah. dot on the that's whole. That's a speck. That's not even in the state, really. So you know? what's so like? I don't know how to ask this. They're like, what's it like? I mean, uh, you, you're you kind of in the rural part of it. So. Yeah, it's country. I mean, honestly, like when I was down in Derby, we have, I mean, our back roads are like that too. So I mean, like, we got mountains, we got cornfields, soybeans, the whole works, you know. And then we got little cities in between. So like, for example, how many people were in your graduating high school class? Uh, 170. That's about, I mean, there was 110 in mine, so that's not too yeah, far. Yeah, about 300, so. Yeah, too far. That's it. I mean, that was back then. Now that school's probably quadrupled. You know, right, since right. Then, but, um, so growing up, I mean, um, we always have the same conversation. Were you a good kid? Uh, Never you know, typical uh, ADHD kid. You know, <laughs> crazy, wild. <laughs> Don't learn my lesson until about the sixth time, you know. But uh, you do that in business, you'll be bankrupt. No, that's right. You know, so I did learn my lesson, you know. It's like... Uh, School was tough, you know, it was tough going to school. And You know, that seems to be the common denominator with a lot of us. You know, we were talking about you, but the last podcast was, it's not that we're bad at school. We just don't have interest in school. We have, like, if it's something we're interested in, we'll focus on it and learn it. Right, right. But if it's something that don't interest interest us. It's just like, well, that's the way it was. You can just be talking. I'll just be sitting there daydreaming right. the whole time. Yeah. They look at you about you. And what do you think? I don't know exactly. exactly. Is this English what? or social, or, or English right. or math? You I know? can remember, I had this one subject and the teacher said, how did you do this? I mean. You got 90s on this, and I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? That's, once right. you get my interest, right? you put your mind to it, you can do it. You know, and that's this. why well, I love, you know, this kind of work, my exactly. business. You know, I don't feel like it's work. I, I, I love it. So, did, I mean, was there anything you excelled in? I mean, sports, English, math? Yeah, I played football, wrestling. Um, I, I, I mean, I love that. I, right. I love sports, you know. Did, uh, so... Going on through, if I correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not really familiar with your story, but your your dad had a pretty successful business with yep. you growing up, correct? Yep, he was a mason, you know, by trade, uh, family business. His brother was the same way. So mason by trade, elaborate on that a little bit. Like you know, everybody thinks of a mason. The first thing they think is the guy out there just laying concrete Same. block yeah, foundations. Block. But I mean, a mason mm-hmm. is I'd almost consider to be an artist. I yeah, mean, there's no, a lot custom, more. We did full custom masonry, stone arches. Real stone, you know what I mean? Just you, they show us a picture, we make it come to life. Gotcha. Just, so, like, what uh, was that a trade he 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 learned? Like, did his dad do it, or how did, how did his he? His brother, come? which basically his brother's 20 years older. Okay, so been, there's a pretty good little yeah. age So, he basically was his father, you know. My father, which had been my grandfather, uh, he had passed when my father was a child, you know. So, so. Your, so the, the, your older, I guess it'd be your uncle, would be the. Uh, right. The, and he's still living. He's eighty six now. Really? Yeah. So you, so your dad's clicking along pretty good in the uh, 
clicked along pretty good in the masonry business. And from what I've understand, that turned out to be a pretty good little, pretty good little business there. Oh yeah, yeah. So was the bread and butter like um, residential stuff, or did you get into the commercial? Yeah, he did commercial when I was you know younger, and then he did a lot more residential, and then you know, then the masonry business is just uh, you know the dying breed. So, yeah, it is. You know, um, it's like a lot of trades, unfortunately. It's just kind of a. I don't know if the the masonry business went from a structural business to a architectural business. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's less of them being built out of brick and mortar, and more of them being prettied up with brick and mortar. Right. And they got so much of this. Yeah, you're as soon as the culture stone it. came in and all that, nobody was going to pay the square footage price of real stone right. or brick when they could get this fake stuff for a third of the price and you don't really need a mason to do it because carpenters started doing it, tile right. setters started doing it. So it really took the killed the price. So, you know, we did a lot of flat work and uh stuff like that. So did you start working for your dad straight out of high school? Yeah. Yeah. So Doug you graduated your full time and what was your like what would what was your role with the company? Like what did you do there? Labor. Just mix mud and get abused, man. I got more mud on the back of my neck and thrown in names and from my uncle and it, whatever you, know, you did, it wasn't enough. It right? wasn't enough. Never. All the way, I think. Always. I mean, a lot of years. I mean, I've been mud boy a few times on a few bigger jobs, and that is uh, the grunt that, work. Yeah, yeah, that grunt oh, works yeah. an understatement. But I mean, it makes you. You work for Masons. It, it gives you a good work ethic. You know. Well, yeah, I mean? because the. Um, the you can you can never mix the mud right. I figured right. that out. Uh, the, the temperature one day it's hot, cold. Yeah. Everything's different. And the, other, the, other pro- yeah. the other problem is whenever you show up on a job, masons never work from the top down. They always work from the bottom up. So everybody's all happy and hunky dory on the first couple passes. Then they're up on scaffolding, and yeah. you got to pack the mud up, and everybody's peed off and cussing and carrying on. Yeah. And by the, the time minute you, you start going up, you lose production because it's yeah, now you got to stock. Then you, they got to bring the mud up, so you're slowing it down. That that first four foot is your fastest yeah. production. You know? yeah. Now, do you purposely try to spill as much as you possibly can? Because it just seems like once you get about four foot high, you're taking it and you just fling half of it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, so. Do you like? I know uh, we were talking about this the other day, like. Farmer Chris, for example, he installed sprinkler systems forever, so he'll walk into a place and pick out, you know, like one's not centered in a tile or this, that, or the other, and, oh, yeah. you know, we pick stuff up. So you walk up uh, to a stone job. I'm watching you... a movie, anything, I'm like, look at that stone. Right? <laughs> oh, that's that. me nuts. I was like, that's why, like, well, that looks good to me. No. That's, that's why I couldn't have a brick house because I was like, I know it's not going to line up right. And every time I come home, I'll be like, damn, that column's not yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my in-law's house, they got this little bump out on the front, and the head joints look like a snake going up through there, and I'm like, it just makes me sick to look at it. And I mentioned something to Jenner or something one day. She's like, well, it's brick. Like, she just don't even see that, you know. It's just brick to her. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, boy. So, so was this a true family business? I mean, was it just your dad, your uncle, and you, or? Yeah, uh, well, he's had, he had employees, you know, so. So, like, how big a company are we talking? you have 30 people, 100 no, people? No, five, five, six, eight, you know, every t- every year fluctuated. So, was that, like, multiple <laughs> crews, or you guys all working together? We had two. Well, once I got old enough and started really taking with the business, we had two crews going. I ran one, and he ran one. Gotcha. So, what was the what was the bread and butter work? Was it all residential work? Uh, you know, it was 70-30. We did 30% commercial. We had a five-year span from, say, a wait. For that next five years, we did all commercial. We worked doing the VA hospitals and, and stuff so like that. So you guys were doing some pretty big jobs. Yeah, we were doing good jobs. That, and that's when, you know, 
I started getting the excavating. We were doing excavating down in there. That's when I started about 2008. So did your dad have uh, any equipment at all? A skid steer. Yeah, I I begged him to buy a skid steer. For, <laughs> I'm like, we need a skid steer. We, we need, need a skid steer. Stuff he, he was the type. I need a powered wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> just he, he Correct. Was the, you know, for him to have a mixer, you know, was a big deal. You know, he was, when we would go to jack out, jackhammer, big slab out, it was sledgehammer. Garage really? floors, sledgehammers. And Jeez. I would beat and beat and beat for two, three days on a garage floor. We would load in hand in his one ton, load that garage floor out. So we're talking so then, old school. Oh, yeah. We did that for years. And then one day, a guy let us borrow a jackhammer. First thing I seen, I started doing that. I just looked at him and go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you. All they these years. one of these? <laughs> so uh, we got, ended up buying a jackhammer. And then, you know, once I get old enough to see all this stuff, I'm like, Turn. I'm 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 working more efficient now. You know? yeah, we're I'm, not, I'm we're, not. We're coming out. Of the we're yeah. three guys out when right. one guy can. He's go like, there. you're trying to tell me I can put this jackhammer on my skid steer. Yeah. Get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So this is. Uh, I mean, this is clicking along, and I'm just kind of curious because you're in the pretty much the excavating business now. So where'd the passion for equipment come from? Well, I always had the passion. You know, dump trucks, equipment. But again, that was my job with him, and I was a. Mason by trade also, so, you know, it, don't get me wrong, it was great, and, uh, but we started doing, uh, you know, rebuilding foundations on houses, and we were subbing out the, or ratting an excavator, or subbing out an excavator to come and dig it out for us, and I'm like, you know what, why are we wasting this money, blah, 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 so we started ratting the excavators, and I'm running them, and I'm, next thing you know, I'm just, I bought one, you know, right. one thing led to another with that. So for, before we get too far down the excavating path, I'm just kind of curious, like, what is a standard foundation for a home in middle middle central New York or wherever you're at, upstate New York? I mean, do you, like, is it 8-inch or 12-inch concrete block or? Uh, yeah, 8-inch block. Um, we don't have too many. In the 50s, all the houses were blocked. So basically, we would, they were all rotted and gone, jack up a house, put a whole new block under there or, or just one wall. Gotcha. You know, they bow in, right, dig right. it out. Replace that wall. Are basements very common where you're at? All of them, just all, about. Yeah, all of them are basements. Yeah, a lot of them are basements, eight foot, but now they're nine foots, and uh, they're all poured mostly now. Yeah, but. back in the block days, it was either what a twelve or thirteen block basement. That was the difference between an eight and nine foot a lot of times. Yeah, so the blocks used to they used to dredge the sand out of the Hudson River, which that is uh, half salt water. You know, what I mean, it comes up from the ocean, so. All those blocks would be rotted after forty years. So whenever you said oh, that, the salt will just, all the salt would just deteriorate. Yeah, you're saying uh, oh. so. All those houses made by that company, all those blocks, junk. You know, you're saying the house rotted. The first thing I'm thinking of is the wood. I never even thought yeah, the concrete the, block would be yeah, the foundation. Rot. So I mean, would they just get to where it just start? Yeah, you crumbling? can just take your finger and just scrape it out. What they have to do and tear the whole house down, or I'll jack it up, and replace jack the foundation. You know, for triple the price yeah. you know, that you would if you were just wasn't a house there, you know. I mean, we replaced some foundations around home. I've jacked a few up and replaced some walls, but not because the block fell. It's because the wall, you know, the system yeah. failed. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, that's uh, that's crazy that the block will just crumble yeah. around. Oh, yeah. And the uh, concrete block has a lifespan. Whoever knew? Yeah, well, the, you know, the, the, with the salt and then the, the moisture gets in there and it just then it's just a game chemical over. reaction. Just eats it over time. So basically, you're you're you guys are redoing these foundations, which requires you to have equipment. So, um, did your dad's company start acquiring equipment, or did you start acquiring equipment? Or? No, I I did, yeah. So I basically, you know, 
early 20s, I'd say. I got a DBA, Tri-County Masonry, that's what it was. Working on the weekends, just hustling on the side. Night jobs, blah, 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 making money. And uh, just kept that going. I was getting a lot of calls, a lot of work, and then I got a website. And then, you know, then he sees all the work coming in. So then we just basically said, hey, I'm bringing as much work as him. Let's partner up 50-50. And we did that for, you know. So the whole time, though, that you guys were still working together, you just kind of worked, you kind of started over here on your side and was you, were you how am I going to say this? Were you getting 50% of everything like profits and, and yeah, At, well, not in, not in the beginning, right. Until right. we partnered up, but, uh, you know, I was doing the night thing and all that stuff. But. So what, um, I guess what was the driving factor or what was the decision maker in just not building on that business you may inherit it versus starting your own. Was he not, he didn't quite, you had to prove to him that there was value in this excavating yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think he saw that there was uh, value in what I was bringing into Cause I'm more, he wasn't, you know, he would never ha- ever have a smartphone. Right, yeah, right, right. He was, he's old school. He just didn't even, you know what I mean? So once he's seen the work I was bringing in and, you know, it just, it was just a no brainer. We, you know, he just said, we, this next job that we did with, together goes and let's split it. And I said, all right. So then, you know. well, I mean, that, I mean, for a guy of his generation, I mean, obviously, I never met your father, but from a guy of his generation to have the foresight to see to see the value in that and where it was going, and the, and the times were kind of outrunning them, I think was is pretty big because I don't know if a lot of people would have done that. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Change of times. I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, me and him, our our relationship was like no other. You know, I mean, everybody that's seen us work for all those years say. Never seen a father and son duo work and not argue. You know what I mean? We work side by side. Right. We, you know, breakfast is lunch and dinners every day and work and never argue. But he kind of let me take the lead. You know what I mean? I right. I think now that he's gone, I see, you know, he swallowed it a little bit more. Yeah, his pride. From, and knew from, that it was time for you to shine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, that's a pretty big observation because you hear so many stories the other way around. Of They just, the, they'll never let go of the reins until. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he was good with that. And you were able to learn a lot more from him because you were able to experience more from him while he was still alive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we talked before, experience is everything, you know, uh, my dad got killed in an accident before I really got started, and I can't help but think from time to time how it would have been if he was still here. And I don't think it would have been all like what you were talking about. I think there would have been some arguing and some hollering and some carrying on and some disagreements and uh, him convinced. I don't think it – let's just say I don't think it would have went quite quite like that. <laughs> it's yeah. the best way I know how to think. No, Not that we, it would have been bad, but it would have been – Yeah, we never, we never got in arguments like that. We, it, it was like how you and your uncle is – it's like if I'm loading loading his skidster bucket, he just knew we just knew, knew what be. we were doing. Yeah. If it was finishing a floor, <clears throat> you know, I'm behind. He's he just we all knew we we knew our next move, so we knew we could make money together, and it was it was good, you know. So I know you guys did a bunch of um, um, flat work concrete. Yeah. Did you guys ever get into vertical poured concrete? Nah, four footers. He he did it back in the '80s. He had big panels and stuff, but the business went backwards. He, I could always remember him saying that, and he just you know. Do you think he was a little bit ahead of his time with them? It could have been um, because they didn't have boom trucks down or nothing, and they were hustling them panels in and out of the hole, and they were metal. A lot of work. And labor intense. Labor intense. And pump trucks weren't near as common either. I mean, that's what makes And they were rear loaders back then, and now, you know, everything's front loaders now, but. Just trying to get the materials and the forms and everything there was just. Yeah, but he did a lot of. Challenge. 
But you know, it's amazing how efficient those old timers were getting stuff done just because they were willing to get their get their hands dirty and make it happen. Yeah, it was the only way it was going to get done. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, so back to our timeline here a little bit. Um, so basically, you guys are fifty fifty now. You're acquiring equipment. He's still pushing the masonry stuff along. You guys are kind of running, I guess, side by side. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was good. You know, it's like <clears throat> when the excavation was slow, we always the masonry would hold up its end, and we'd always had something to do. It was always, you know, always had two crews going. So the the masonry um, <clears throat> on the excavating business did it pretty much like were you doing a lot of the excavating jobs that pertained to the masonry business, or were you out trying to find just strictly excavating? I guess what, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever I'm trying to get to, whenever I had my excavating business and my construction business, 90% of my excavating business was doing work for the construction business. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it, it was hand-in-hand hand for sure. That We didn't, uh, at that point, I wasn't just trying to just do excavating. You know, we were still setting scaffolding stone in the house or this right. or that. It was, you know, excavating when it came, that's what we were doing, and we weren't pushing it big. So, so in the beginning, like what uh, what was the first piece of equipment you acquired on your own? Uh, well, the first piece was a tractor, and uh, you know, like was I said, it, was it a Kubota? No, no. everybody's got to have a tractor. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, you know, was it more than thirty five horse? <laughs> yeah, it was more than thirty five horse. More than a homeowner <laughs> now. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're that's the threshold professional. <laughs> I we're had that landscaper. <laughs> I had that tractor, and I and I, uh, you know. I did a lot of brush hogging driveways and whatnot with it, and then I ended up selling it. Well, what was excavator. it? It was a Z-Tor, it's called. Oh, that's why it wasn't saying it's oh, worse, it's yeah. worse than Kubota. <laughs> it was a good tractor, come on. What, a Z-Tor? Yeah. Was this made by know. Zorro or? Czechoslovakia. Where, did, really you get, did you pick this thing up at Roll King or Home Depot or something? <laughs> no, or? no, this thing is a Harbor stout Break. tractor. <laughs> Tell him stout. <laughs> so good you don't have it today right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh now you know not to get all talking but i always was on equipment even from you know 10 years old my grandmother always had Something. tractors i brush hogged all the fields and did the driveways and everything for everybody you know so then i had i bought my own tractor did that and then i ended up buying a hitachi urg 50 was my first mini it was a twelve thousand pound machine Gotcha. So, uh, were you moving this with your pickup truck, or? Uh, no, I had a single. Well, I had my first dump truck I bought was a uh, Silverado one ton. You know, gotcha. Eighty six diesel six. Eighty six. Did it have the six two in it? Yeah. Oh, good God. Mm. Gutless but reliable. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I mean and that thing would run like a scalded dog downhill. Ten foot box on it. Nice truck. Two wheel drive. You load over the side. Throw the blocks over it. I love that truck. Yeah, them six twos, man. They were they were pretty good in motors as long as you didn't get them hot. Yeah, but they would not get out of their own. Channel. Oh no, no. They were. I didn't tell what it. I just used that for uh, all the materials and stuff. And then uh, I sold that, <clears throat> and then I bought an international T forty four E, T four forty four E. Yeah, and, and, and that was gutless too. <clears throat> that was like a school bus, you know. <laughs> but I was moving up. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a bigger box. Right. It was Allison Automatic in that one. Well, I think um, that's, uh, we've talked about that a bunch on this podcast. You know, if you're going to start off, you, um, we even talked about with Chris a little bit in the last one. You got to start off within your means and, and work yeah. and, and stair step your way up because nah, this, <laughs> so, it can get real quick. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would always, you know, you search these deals, you buy the best thing on Craigslist or whatever it was at that time. 
to want to digest. You know, somebody's going to be listening to these podcasts and hear us talk about Craigslist, and we're going to show our age. <laughs> and now it's Facebook. At least we didn't pull up the old yeah. machinery. Machine, you know, no, the, the did you guys have the thrifty nickel? We had the books. You know, yeah. I remember when little you uh, get the, pick you up the still free, get the books. Yeah, and you sitting there looking through there, just <clears> daydream night. Well, you you got the same picture five times. Yeah, yeah. I used to always remember going fold to the corner of the page. He folded yeah. the corner back of the page. One day, one of these days, we're going to have we're going to hit a big time, and we're going to have something out of this book. So I'm trying to think if I ever bought anything. I'm a machinery trader. I don't think I have. Mm-hmm. I've browsed at a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, so you're still working working with your dad 50-50 and acquiring equipment. So was the, was the like, was there a purchase that was like a game changer in the in the business? Um, yeah, after the, the 50, I ended up getting rid of that. A week later, I bought a Komatsu PC-75. And that was, I would say, a, a real machine. You know what I mean? Gotcha. As far as, I mean, the 50 URG, it was, a, you know, whatever it is. What it is. It, well, it opened you up to more a bigger variety of work. Yeah, yeah. You know, you looked a little more professional. <laughs> um, so that was a, a good something machine. something I want to hit on just kind of randomly here real quick because uh, you and Ed got the same take on this. Like down home where I'm at, it don't matter what the hell your equipment looks like. Your work does the talking. Right. Like, you can go in there with the most clapped out thing ever, but if you do a good job, that's all your bike talks about. Man. I don't know. If I, I mean. Down home, that's the way it is. It don't matter. And I'm back home, people are like, oh, God. Yeah, I'll see. You pull up with some old clapped out thing, you're like, oh, boy. Did we get the right person or not? Not down home. They don't They don't give two craps. I've never had anybody one time down home say anything about the way my Well, the problem looks. is, where we are, there's so many people with the decent stuff or with a nice pickup truck that goes to do an estimate, and then you got this guy in a, you know, rusted out, no muffler, this and that, and not that his work's well, not going to be any I'm not saying worse. it could be that bad, <clears throat> but, I mean, like, your equipment's not a status of how well your business no. is doing. Right. You know, people judge you by your work, not your equipment. And apparently in your guys' world, that's completely different. Well, not to an extent. It's, it, yeah, it, I mean... There's a lot of people with all that fancy equipment and trucks are going to go bankrupt. Oh, you're not well, first, that's yeah. my point. Is you're I mean, there's, first hiccup. You're there's a kidding. guy. There's a guy down home, and uh, I mean, he's everything's brand new. It's the nicest damn shit you see in your life. And you pull into a job site, and you're like, "What kind of freaking gopher bomb went off here?" Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the damnedest shit you ever see in your life. Well, it's not. Yeah. He didn't grow up the way we did operating from right. A kid. And, then, and then there's another guy down the road that, um, I mean. I don't even know. He, he's got panels caved in, all the glass is missing. I mean, it, it's it's bad, but he can clean up a he can clean up a job side of that track hole better than most people could with a skid steer. You know what I mean? It's just, and he's twice as busy as the guy with the new equipment, just because everybody cares about the work, not the equipment. They just look past that. I, I know I had this conversation with Evan Fulltail Grading. I'm like, why do you spend all his money on this equipment all time and time again? He's like, well, I got to keep up with the Joneses. I'm like. Nobody gives a crap about the Joneses where I'm at. So, um, I probably do it for more for myself than anybody yeah. else. Is like, yeah, just, yeah. Well, see, well, he's I, in the commercial game too. He's got he's got to have reliable stuff. There's no doubt. Yeah, but hell, my most reliable. I don't I don't buy that bullshit either. Because my most reliable stuff's my old stuff. The older stuff. Yeah. You know, I can guarantee you that my old 304 with no emissions on it is not it will not ever go to the dealer again. And you know, Ed's got his stuff in there occasionally here for nitpicking stuff not major stuff but yeah. i can repair everything i can repair pretty much everything on that 304 with either a call of the dealer or a trip to AutoZone. 
Ed don't even know what's wrong with his until he has a dealer come out and hook up to it. So I don't buy the reliable car part either. You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. And you guys, I know, I know this is going to be a surprise. You guys watching my channel, but I don't really care. I mean, I don't want my panels caved in and my windows busted out, but if my floorboard's dirty or my counterweight's scratched, I don't lose sleep over tonight. You know? We have already accepted that, Mike. <laughs> I'm not hiding the fact that yeah. there's a difference between a well-maintained piece of equipment that's still intact and in, in I, I don't know. My equipment's not a status statement to me. I don't know. Never has been, never will be. I'm proud of what I got, but I don't. I just try to keep up with it for resale, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, even these, like, to get back to my excavator chain, I'm, you buy reasonably cheap, you look for it on these, you know, advertisers. Yeah, but you're, you're I'm sorry I'm blowing hose in your theory here, but your resale, you don't make money when you sell, you make money when you buy. So, as long as you bought it right, it don't matter. Well, see, that's not my theory, because if I buy something for 10000 I'll have it for five years and sell it for 18 because I kept it good, maintained the paint. Yeah, but you made your money when you bought because you bought it for the right price. Right, so, right. You know, but you could make it on both ends. That's, right, that's just right. the way I was able to get as much equipment as I have with not as much money. You know what I well, mean? Well, and, and, and to your point, I mean, I guess we're kind of saying the same things in different ways because I've bought equipment for $10,000. We'll just use that as an example. It was in rougher shape. You know, slowly fixed it up, put the glass in it or swept out the floorboard or fixed the cylinder it was leaking, fixed it up a little bit, took care of it, and then used it and sold it and made money. And, yeah. that, and that's how you climb the ladder to get, right. get up. Because you can't afford to buy where you are now back then. You know, yeah, but you exactly. can get this ladder, you're just using that money, and it just keeps building and building. And the next thing you know, you're into a $100,000 excavator, and you're like, really, my only investment's... Started way back here, yeah. and I didn't really put much money. Now you don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> well, I think we, I think we can all three agree that one reason we're successful in business is because we controlled our debt. Yep, uh, you well, know, sure. debt management, and yeah. and uh, and I've always my version of debt management is is if something happened, whether I got hurt or the economy crashed, my equipment can sit for a year, and I'm not going to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Right, tuck it away in the corner. Let it sit there and let whatever happen pass and go. I mean, a lot of people can't let their equipment sit for a month. Right. And, th and that causes them to do desperate things and uh, gets them in trouble. No, I know. I see you guys digging three foot of frost out for four foot frost walls right now. And they got it because got they'll payment. beat the shit out of that machine, crack the boom. So they can make the payment. And make I'm like, payment. my shit's sitting right there. Just leave it right there. We'll worry about <laughs> yeah. that one time. I'll, worry, I'll be back in a month. Yeah. So we got a little off track there. I apologize for that. So, so the uh, the Komatsu seventy five was what you kind of considered to be the the game changing piece of equipment. Opened up a lot of doors for different type of work. Yeah, um, I was able. To, you know, we were just doing a lot more bidding on a lot more excavation projects. You know, just not big stuff, but smaller stuff. Right. And uh, after that, I bought a two hundred, and I would say that was probably the game changer because I got was no, that a Komatsu or that Kabelko? Kabelko. Yeah. And it was a Mark III. You know, I think guy like me. A, I feel like the I feel like the left out one. I'm the only one that don't have a 200 series machine. Oh, Belco. <laughs> I like a Belco. You know, I, my uncle I ran them for years and loved year them. Was it? Or is that it? was a Mark III? Uh, that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP 1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C cell tumors. Do not use GLP 1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Mark 3, that would have been uh, mid-2000s? Mid yeah, two. No, 98, I think. I was about yeah. to say, that had the silver cap. Yeah, 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 silver cap. That was the first one I yeah. had spent on. It was a decent machine. Yeah, a powerhouse. In a little, I'm telling you. Back in the day, I mean, yeah. it was a nice machine. Yeah. Like, and that uh, thing was stout. Been... I bought that thing with 3,500 hours on it. It was a farm machine. A farmer had it. Um, someone had kicked a window in and stole the stole electronics out of it. And so it was all mechanically made it, but... It ran and it ran good, and I had that for ten years. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. That's. Uh, so, what, how did you? At some point in there, are you moving your own equipment? Because you bought a truck and a trailer. Yeah, and... I was moving everything besides the two hundred. You okay. know, that I would get that low board around with local people and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I always moved my own stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. So as you got as you're going down this path, I mean, at some point, did you and your dad kind of? venture apart from each other or did you guys stay together we stayed together right about uh 2015 you know it was getting each year at the end when we slow down in the winter we'd have this talk i don't i'm dad i don't know if i'm gonna i want to do this next year i want to i want to do other things you know because i want to you know i want to go into excavating you know and right. he's wanted to keep the masonry keep so he didn't want to you know it wasn't fair to me to buy you know, want to spend, you know, 50 grand on a machine or an attachment or something, and he didn't, you know, want to put half into the into it, right. then reach the benefits. So, yeah, he's getting half yeah, of it, yes. but only contributing. To right. It. So, you know, and he said, no, I will, I will, but he, you know, I didn't want to push him to it. So, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, you're enjoying the excavating path at this point, and yeah. it's obviously, I'm not a mason, so I can't speak from experience, but as, I mean, an excavator has got to be a lot less tolling on the body yeah. than. Oh, for than, sure. Than a mason because that's a very very labor intensive job. Yeah, and the the masonry business you need men. The excavating, you really don't. You know, you need a labor. Um, right. you, and what I've been doing is just buying attachments to keep. You know, to I mean, fit instead your of need, yeah, yeah, to, to make my life easier and not have a labor if you don't. If you, yeah, you don't have to pay workman's comp on them or keep up with all the stuff or, you know, I mean, I've had several employees over the years and I mean I feel responsible for them. Like I'm. Helping them put food on the table, and if sure, I sure. can't let them down, I mean, I, I maybe it's a fault of mine, but I, I thought of them like family. And it, um, there was a lot of years when we were in business, my employees made more money than I ever thought about making. But 
I felt like it was the right thing to do. So long story short, employees are a big responsibility. Oh, yeah. When I had guys working for me, you know, you just you take on every job just so you could keep them working. Uh, even if you're not making the money, you're letting them make the money and you'll make money next week. You know? yeah. But you just take on every job or, you know, and now where I'm by myself, you know, I pick and choose what I want to do, but right. still pick up well, a labor you in want, the summer. And, here well, the other beauty of it is with not having full-time employees is if you want to take off two days and come to Florida and hang out with a couple of yahoos at an yeah. auction, you can, right. you can do that. So right. it, uh, it's nice to have a little bit of freedom too, because uh, whenever you got guys back home working, there's, there's always something. There's always something. So, uh, but we got again. We got off subject there a little bit. But so you and your dad are kind of having this conversation about maybe maybe venturing apart here a little bit, and you going full time excavating, and then him continuing in the masonry business. Yeah. So then, then we, I said, you know, it was really hard on him. I seen it was hard on him. So I said, uh, we let you know we were in the winter time. So then I said, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back at this next year. He said, all right, all right. I said, but I can't promise you anymore. I said, you know, I got bigger dreams. I want to own a gravel pit. I want to, you know, own a quarry. This, I said, you, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go down the path. So why do you want to stop my dreams? You know, I said, right. no, you're, I hear you. I hear you. So we went in that season and then we finished that season out. Um, and uh, still had the same equipment, I, I believe. And um, things were good. And, and uh, then I just, you know, I just told them at that end of that season, you know, this was it. I wasn't going to, you know, wasn't going to do the masonry, you know, what we were doing. So I went on my own and uh, bought some more, you know, attachments and whatnot. And, uh, that was in 2017 was coming up. And, uh, or two, that was 2016. And then, um, so we did a whole year by ourselves. I was, I was just, then I went to work for digging pools for a company. So I did like really? 60 pools in one year. Mm. I, yeah, I had me busy as hell. And I was running... I couldn't do that, you know, but that doing those pools <clears throat> fine tuned me big time because I had five guys down in the hole. They're doing trimming everything, trimming out. Everything out and I'm in there yeah, hauling nonstop and I got they're like this much more, this and I'm angles and this, that. So you really got me fine tuned on my site and everything that was going on. Yeah, if nobody's ever dug a pool, that's probably one of the most, one of the more tedious things it's you can do. Sculpting. I've done, it's it's I've an done. art like with an excavator. So, I was happy I did it, but I told that guy, I said, listen, I can't. Because pools aren't like you don't do 20 of them in one development. He had me from everywhere, and he didn't want to pay the mobilization. I'm like, listen, I can't be running 22 sets of tires oh, all over, yeah. and you're not going to pay for it. I mean, I got to pay for it. So I still dig for him here and there when he has one on my side of the river. But that uh, it was good to do that. So then that was 2016, uh, that year. And then uh, the winter came, <clears throat> and my father had some good work that year. He was doing a block job, you know, good year building. He got in some more commercial stuff. And I had a few guys working with him. And, and uh, I was going to help him out that winter, and I didn't. You know, I, he was struggling with that job, you know, uh, fracture phase 12s. And so he finished it, and then uh, he got sick in, in the spring, you know. Yeah, well, that's um... – uh, tough situation for sure, but it sounds like you guys definitely had a good relationship. Though. Oh yeah, he was my best man in the wedding. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely uh, best friends. So I guess after your your dad passed away, I mean, it's just full bore in the business now. Yeah. So right after that, after he passed, I took his employee that he had working for him. Still, he had my father had jobs going on, so I finished those. Let my mother keep that money. 
in the, you know, for my father. Right. And uh, I closed them jobs all out, <clears throat> and then we shut his business down. I got some trickle effect out of his masonry, but I was turning. I still had his guy, so I let the, I would take the stone jobs that, that he worked for other GCs. I did that for about a year, and I just was like, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, you had no, uh, you had no intentions of carrying that on. Right. You just need to kind of let the chapter close out. Yeah. And uh, so then, you know, the next couple of years were really good. With you know, the economy was booming. Uh, we had uh, the big, you know, we had Trump in, in the presidency, and it was good. So. So I guess during this time you're you're still in a car acquiring equipment, some of the stuff you got now. I know at some point you uh bought one of them dreaded uh <laughs> orange machines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best thing you ever been ever in, evidently. Yeah, I got a great deal on that. You know, I, I bought it from a guy from Alabama. He was working doing a hemp farm up. Well, up I'm gonna name. I'm gonna ask you this a little bit. So what's a what's a great deal on a POS? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a, it was a steal. <laughs> Oh, man, I, uh, I don't know. How many yards you got on yours? It's got 1,300 on it. Oh, well, yeah, you're about 1,000 away from disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get rid of you. Hey, I can predict your future. I'm just saying. I don't know. That that one bracket that you took off mm-hmm. and then it broke, mm-hmm. like you, it's because you put it on without the sequence, right? Nope. You had it or did it break before nope, that? I never had that bracket off. Oh, you didn't? Nope, I keep checking that damn bracket. I'm like, oh, is <laughs> and it's, there ain't no, there ain't no. It's but not do loose. You have the dirt problem in the. In the, the dirt I, I, no, he made a, that's I, in the manual. Right after I did that, he made a short and put it out there, okay. and it got all kinds of views yeah. about. Hey, dirt perfect, check it's got your like dirt funnel. Seventeen thousand views. I go tell dirt perfect. Just sure. wash it out every now and then. It won't yeah. be a problem. There's a, there's a little plate there. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, we'll just leave the plates out, but it's from. Don't let head. nothing coming up in, too. Yeah. You know? It's a crap piece of rebar. Design. I don't care what you all say. It's but... tight. What do you, I mean, yours is the same way, right? Well, his has got I've, a big hole. I've in the got back. a big hole in the side that'll let it out. Yeah. It, I mean, dirt will still go down through it, but it's got, I mean, that. The fact you, of the matter is, Mike, you just got to wash your stuff every now and then. <sighs> Didn't we cover this? At like, do you have a pressure washer? Huh? Do you have a pressure washer? I got washer? four of them, actually. Does he use it? Eh, occasionally, not very often. Cleanman does. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, if that didn't freeze, that one, you know, that, that's what broke that. Yeah, we had a cold snap, and that's what that's what ended up getting me was a freezing. And I had cleaned them out before, uh, but it's getting hot in here. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he cleaned them out. He <laughs> found that. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's lies, <laughs> lies. That ain't never been clean since you've had that machine. Kubota, Kubota, Kubota. I don't, man. Oh, man. You know, if it's running and I'm sitting in it operating it, like most times I'm content. But the minute something goes wrong with that thing and I try to fix it, I get so freaking frustrated. Yeah, but that's any skids here. They're tight. They're just awkward. I don't know. There's some other brands. They're not made to work on. All right. I mean, there's a whole lot going on in a very tight Yeah, it's a 100 horsepower motor. You're sitting on it. You're sitting on it. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. So, um, so the the bread and butter of the excavating business at this point is is pretty much residential site work. Yeah, site work for house developments. I work for a GC in my town. I'm pretty good friends with him. So yeah, him and you know just the other random calls I get, and you know I'm always getting calls to travel. I just don't right. like to travel too much, right. but uh, I don't like to go more than twenty minutes. But 
There well, you go. Well, it must be nice. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't for years. I have to go more than 20 minutes. But now since, you know, the economy was kind of hurting, New York got crushed dark. Oh, yeah. Everybody's you know? trying to get out of there. And, you know, it's like. We're coming here. Yeah. It, it's it, it's tough. And and there's a lot of competition where I'm at, too. But it's. Uh, so, yeah. I mean. Well, somewhere in this whole crazy adventure, you had this wild idea to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. So what was the what was the thought process or the reasoning behind that? You know, the thought after my father passed, I was like, you know, just thinking about my kids, the right. great grandkids, grandkids, everything, you know. And it's like, why not have show your legacy, show your you know biography of your of your life? You know, they could always see it. You know, documentary, so, documentary. You know, so. So that was the driving factor behind doing what you were doing. Yeah, because just... if I, I always took pictures, like everybody did of their work, and my father's in a million of them. And I'm like, well, you, the last couple of years, I'm like, get out of the picture. Every picture, <laughs> you're in it, you're smoking a cigarette, you're scratching your belly, get out of the pictures. You know, I'm posting them on our website. He's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, you know, if I'd started YouTube before that, I'd have at least a year or two of him on YouTube that I could go back and look watch, and yeah. you know, watch. But That was... Um... Kind of, I mean, that wasn't the main factor, but it was one of the things that attracted me to doing it was just uh, um, documenting your life a little bit. I mean, it's hard to, um, we can go back and look through photo albums, but, you know, like my dad passed away in an accident and we do have some videos of him, but it's not like anything we're doing here today. Right. And uh, I was going to ask you in the last podcast we did with you, like, do you ever go back and watch any of your old videos and just kind of reminisce about different jobs or different things? Not or, really. I mean, I not I can remember most of them. Right. But I mean, I've already went back. I've only I been mean, every now and then one will pop up, and I just kind of watch it. And then yeah. Like, Where the hell was this one at? <laughs> well, you know, I've only been doing Why did I say that? <laughs> Why did I say that? Yeah. I've only been doing Boy, it. I was stupid back in there. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that now. No, I didn't. That wasn't efficient. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only been doing it for three years, and I mean, I've occasionally, I mean, like, I don't go back and just sit there and get a bag of popcorn and watch my old videos, but every once in a while one will get suggested or one will pop up and I'll sit there and watch it. And it's just, I'm like, this is, this is cool now. That's going to be really cool in 10 years or 20 years or, you know, I'm I'm more of the person like when we're driving down the road with somebody new, I worked on that and I did that. I did that. I did that. So I, my father always did that. I built that. I built that. Yeah. I worked on that building. He did a lot. So when, uh, did you like, you know, I come home one day and told Jen I was going to start a YouTube channel and she like just horse laughed me. So you come home and tell the wife you're going to start a YouTube channel. What was your response? Uh, she was supportive right off the bat. She well, definitely, yeah. uh, do it. Yeah. You'd be great. Do it. Do it. And I, I was nervous, you know, cause I, public speaking, I could never, so yeah, I was the I'll same freeze way. up. I, like, I, I mean, was... when they called on me in class to read or something, I gotta go bathroom. Bye. <laughs> I was exact opposite. I, can, I could freeze up like what you did at the expo. I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, you did great with that public speaking, you know, so I could talk to a camera, you know, you know, at first I had to wear sunglasses all the time, you know, and then the live feeds were tough for me. Right. Um, that was a whole nother ball game just because, you know, the camera's there and you got to communicate and read. And right. there was a lot of steps going there. And I, I like my first live, I was sweating so bad and shaking. I was, I just almost hit the Delete. Bye. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. So, I still like to this day be behind the camera. Yeah. To show you what's going on. So yeah. my very first, I don't know if you even remember this. You might, but my very first live feed I ever did on my channel, uh, Brandon from uh, Elite Earthworks was down. Uh, Jason Works a Lot was down. And Wade was down at the house. And I just hit 1,000 subscribers. And uh, they're like, let's go do a live feed. And you celebrate. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just alone for the ride. <laughs> 
So we're all up in my little cramped little office up there having a good time. I hadn't talked to this guy a day in my life. I like never once even said hi to this guy. And uh, Chris is, or Wade's like, we should call Big Deal Oh, 18. yeah, I remember that phone call. So he calls Chris and throws the phone down in front of me. He's like, I got to piss. I'll be right back and just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are trying to have, I mean, I'm trying to have an awkward conversation with him on the live feed. I wanted to make sure he knew he was live because yeah. Wade just called him out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so Wade's, uh, yeah, so that was my first experience. <laughs> that was Get, to, uh, get get the shock over with fast. For that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if we did that today, I'd probably be demonetized somehow because <laughs> Wade was about nine sheets of the wind, and it was, uh, yeah, there was, yeah, it was, it was a mess. So, anyways, <laughs> it just reminded me of that random story. So, so uh, carrying on, your, I mean, did you have success right off the bat? I don't know how long you've been doing YouTube. Um, same as you, about you were probably six months before me. Okay, so a little over three years. Yeah, yeah. I'm, this is my third season. So, um, no, it's been a struggle. I mean, you get spurts, and right. you know, it's a lot of times you're just like, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, it took me a year, I think, to get monetized, um, and then it started to grow pretty good. Yeah. So for what people don't notice uh, today in YouTube, it's uh, 4K, 1K. It takes 4,000 watch hours, 1,000 subscribers, and then you can enter into what they call an AdSense program with YouTube. What was it like whenever you guys started? Do you remember? As far as monetization? Uh, you had to have like at least 1,000 subscribers. and Did they have that all the way back then? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was when it first came out. And then... like. Yeah, and then right before we started. That was your started, goal to get there. Right when we before we started, it went to the 4,000 4, and the 4,000 watch hours. Yep. Which was a big which is a, a big, big yeah. thing. Now it's like, man, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember thinking that if I didn't get that within a year, I was probably going to quit, but I was going to give it a full year. And I think I was there in about two months, two or three months. <laughs> I can't remember. Didn't it, take long. No, like, it, you know, there's a lot of truth to the first, the hardest – the first hundred subscribers you ever get are probably going to be the the hardest. Yeah. And then, you know, the first thousand are pretty hard to come by. And then it, I feel like if you hit a thousand, it kind of takes off enough. It keeps you interested. Yeah, it really starts. Well, kids, you got to that goal. Yeah. And you're like, wait, there. you don't know what the monetation, what it's going to bring. Yeah. And so you're like, I'm going to keep going. Right, you know, right. And you're like going. in a new territory. So yeah. you keep, you keep plugging, plugging. Plus once the subscribers start communicating with you and you're, yeah. and you're going back, you build relationships and it was, it was fun, you know, well, and so, that's what keeps me going is I still got the same subscribers from that first hundred that I talked to, you know, on a regular basis. So, yeah, I, I can remember my very first comment. It was like probably two days after I posted my first video. And the guy commented, this channel's going to be awesome. I'm going to subscribe. Thanks. And I think he was like my second or third subscriber. Really? And I need to go back on that first video and see if I can find that comment to see if it's somebody I recognize. I just remember the comment, but I don't remember the you name. You can type that in on, on in uh, TubeBuddy. To, to go into comments, type it in with the word. Yeah. It will pop that up. I'll have to search that sometime. I just, of course, I'll, the main reason I remembered it was my <laughs> first comment I ever got. Ever, most random thing ever. But um, so, yeah. So, I mean, so what is YouTube to you today? Is it a hobby? Is it, I mean, is it still documenting life or? Yeah, what? it's 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 company in the excavator. It's when you're bored, you know what <laughs> I mean. You're sitting there talking, you're sitting there working alone. I feel like I got thirty thousand people behind me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, 
I've heard you mention that a few times before that it's, you know, working by yourself. It's kind of a way it's to feel. It's boring. I mean, you'll sit there and you're just digging dirt and you're like, just like dozing off. I mean, it's. Apparently, I talk enough to keep myself entertained. <laughs> I keep myself <laughs> company. <laughs> you're just, I mean, it, it can get very tired. It's just mentally. Yeah. You're just sitting there clearing and moving dirt all day long. You're just sitting there like knocking down trees and stuff. Ain't, yeah. Fly yeah. Back and kill Sun you starts too. coming in the cab. You're rocking back and forth. And it's easy to get complacent and get hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever you're sitting there doing monotonous work or something like that. So, um, so I mean, you've been uh, you've been at it for a little over three years now. Where you're north of thirty thousand subscribers. I mean, the channel's done done decent for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm definitely uh, happy with it. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought it would even get, you know what I mean? Nobody right. thinks that when they're doing it. You, right, know, it's, yeah. it's, you have no idea. You don't know what it's going to do. And It like, seems like all the new channels now, it's either you hit it. Or, or you don't, just, yeah. It seems like YouTube, they favor so much on like, sure. they pick the people they want. Oh, so. sure, the algorithm, yeah. you can't figure it out. And There's you're no like, well, why did this video do good? And yeah, that some one random didn't, video you know, just does phenomenal. Or you could title something the same exact and as someone else and it won't do it or, you know. You know, there is one thing, uh, an Aaron Witt podcast I listened to, and I'll have to agree with what he said on there a little bit. And, he, you know, somebody asked him about um, content or whatever and, you know, tagging and descriptions and hashtags and all this stuff. And he said at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. Good content takes care of itself. You know, that's where it all, it all yep. starts oh. at. And I think there's some truth to that, but the – Good content takes care of itself, but if you can mix good content with just a little bit of stuff on the back end, I mean, you can you can go at it. My biggest advice to anybody that does YouTube or anything in social media is you got to do it for six months to a year to find out. You can't do it for six weeks and be disappointed you don't have success. Yeah, you got to have some sort I mean, of commitment. Um, well, you were just on the last podcast. I mean, I know it was a different time, but you were at it for 10 years, you felt like, before it really started mm-hmm. snowballing into something. Oh, absolutely. And how many people in your position just would have said the hell with it? Oh, quit, yeah. You know what I mean? And and you plugged along with it. And look at look where you're at now. And, I mean, that could be Mike in, in another 10 years, if you know, if you just keep with it. And then, plus, you'll have your documentation of the yeah. whole whole life, uh, your whole life along the way, which is really, <clears throat> really, really damn cool. Yeah. So, I mean – do you enjoy it? Yeah, no, I do enjoy it. And I enjoy editing. You know what I mean? I, I complain about it, and uh, it just get it's getting easier. It's gotten easier, obviously. Right. You, you, you get a system down. But the first year right. was just like it really hurt my business business because instead of when I would come home, I would get in that office and start editing instead of going out and looking at jobs. Right. I'd spend four hours editing, and I'm like, I just blew off ten jobs. You know what I mean? It, the and, the it biggest really hurt me. The biggest trick to editing is learning how to film. You right, know, right. You that's can shortcut it for Best sure. thing you can do is learn how to film right. Right. It don't yeah. take much to edit, and that's where I've got yeah. that down pat now. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. I mean, if, if the red light's flashing, it better be something usable where you're clipping ends and piecing together. And um, I mean, I wouldn't say any of us add a whole lot of finesse or anything extra to our videos. It's just it's true reality life i mean i don't want to say we're reality tv because we're i guess we're on tv to some aspects but what you see is what you get it's what we're living that day different part of the country you know nobody's trying to add drama nobody's trying to you know do any catchy thumbnails or anything like that it's just it's just uh just reality sometimes we have to edit it down because you know you just can't put it on youtube yeah yeah they got their restrictions of you know what they feel is necessary to put on there and you have to be respectful of that or 
That's the scary part too. Is is YouTube's kind of in control to some extent. You can extent. be one slip up away, it's just done. Gone. Yeah, it's um, it's wild. So, so uh, what's your? I mean, what's your biggest positive? What's your biggest takeaway from YouTube? Or what was your biggest surprise you got out of YouTube? Um, just the friends, the subscriptions, the all that. You know what I mean? Meeting people, right? Going to going to Lowville was. You know, I would have never thought that would happen. That, <laughs> right. that was awesome. That was a hell of an experience. You know, the the, the we're pretty fortunate, too, because the more subscribers we get, you're talking about with your whole truck, the bigger database we get, too, because it's to the point. Oh, where yeah, I, I get one problem. I can be like, well, right. 10, 10 oh, no 15 doubt. people send me an email about Here's a diagram. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, even the other day, Charlie's like, come down to a video on my truck. I'm having problems with it. Yeah, know? he's like, fix this. He's like, the dealer can't figure it out. Maybe a YouTuber can. <laughs> and and nine can. times out of ten, there's somebody out somebody there. Will you gotta, end you gotta, up gotta, there's a lot of smart people in yeah, this world. you got to weed through a few of them, but you'll find them. Yeah. You'll find the one guy. It's, everybody's got an opinion, but somebody in there, you read through it, will actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, I'll find the right, uh, find the right part. So, um. So yeah, I, I think we've all said that before. Is the uh, the people? Yeah. I mean, YouTube does a really good job of aligning mm-hmm. like-minded people together, and and um, it's cool. You know, one of the neatest things for me is, is I'm a curious guy. I like learning and and seeing the way Chris does stuff in North Carolina, and the way you guys got to do stuff in upstate New York or New York, and then uh, you know Jay Paydirt out in see Utah or Montana, Idaho, Idaho, Idaho. Colorado. <laughs> Jeff, where are you at? I think it's Idaho. It sounds like we need to do a podcast with Jeff. <laughs> He's out there. So we'll just call him out west. And then, then we got a lot of guys from overseas. You know, seeing the way those guys do stuff yeah. overseas is uh is um that one channel those boys got that those two D elevens. Yeah, what are they? They're in Australia, the something brothers. Brothers, yeah. They've always got one oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like, my God, let's just get two D elevens and just push. We, uh, Jackson Brothers. Jackson yeah. Brothers. Yeah, that's what it is. So, well, we can't let you we can't let you go a lot without talking about your famous neighbor. Famous neighbor. Yep, the old AC himself. Uh-huh. So, so how close does Andrew live to you? <clears throat> he door to door, probably fifty minutes. Really? Yeah. So, have you ever have you ever crossed paths with him or or seen anything he's uh, done in in person? Uh, you know, worked in the same town, right. but uh, no, never crossed paths. I just feel like if you if you're 50 minutes away, like he'd be a legend in the small town, just not because of his YouTube channel, just because of the some of the shenanigans he does. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, they all know him in that town. You, you say his name, they know, know him, and I don't know if it is because of the YouTube or right. you know, just because who he is. But. I'd love to get him on the uh, podcast one day, and maybe we'll be able to swing that. But um, he's. Um, I think he's so interesting because he goes about everything so different than what we do. Like we go about it methodically and and have a plan, and he just bull in the china. He's shop. not afraid just to grab the bull by get the horns and and get it done. <laughs> get it done, you know. And uh, you know if it if it if it works, it it works. So uh, Jesse Mueller is also up in yep. your part. You said you've talked to him. Yeah, I've talked to him quite a bit. Um, he's about twenty minutes from me. He uh, he. Seems... I got a house going and. Right in his town, actually, like a mile from where his new house is. Right. You know, he seems. Uh, I've talked to him a few times on email and comments, never in person, but he seems to be pretty, Andy pretty kid. legit guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and so. he started. You know, when he first started YouTube, he was just had a little John Deere 
I see what he's yeah, evolved. Uh-huh. He's evolved, you know. Yeah, I was asking you about that. So I, I thought he started after he helped Andrew, but he was actually doing it before he helped Andrew. Yeah, he had a he had a channel that you know just to you know probably won't only his family subscribe. You know, just a couple right. of people, and then uh, he he worked on it. Andrew showed him how to edit and and do stuff like that. And he says you got to clean this up, blah blah blah, and started making videos. As he was working with Andrew, you know, yeah, yeah, and then he, he got the hang of it and started making his own stuff, bought some trucks or yeah, he's or, a he's kind of a true story, and I guess he's <clears throat> pretty well documented on YouTube of a guy that's kind of started working his way up through the equipment. He's still in the process of of uh, doing that as well. So he's not afraid to rip stuff apart and fix it, mm-hmm. no doubt. You know, he'll, he'll open up a dozer. You know, one thing that we take for granted a whole lot. Uh, growing up is you know with our phones in our hands we have access to so much information and if you're willing to take the time and to read and research you can you can pretty well figure it out you can pretty well figure it out within within reason which is um i mean i'm old enough i remember being in school and doing uh, you know a report on a president going to the library and pulling out the encyclopedias i don't know if I don't know if the word encyclopedia is even in the dictionary yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? It's just a, a thing of the a and thing of the document past. Document all your sources there now. It's like oh, that's right. You had where'd you, where did you yeah where where did you from iPhone you know? iPhone <laughs> iPhone yeah. <laughs> so, library what I, I just remember growing up and parents always saying well back whenever I was a kid you know now here I am saying the same thing mm-hmm. you know about where I was a kid how things were so so different it's just crazy how it's. Um, crazy how it's changed so much over the years so well before we wrap up with you mike i mean what, what's the, what's the direction of the channel and the business and you just keep on plugging on down yeah the path? same thing keep going uh you know just plug along you know? i mean you kind of run the same way chris and i do you know pretty lean and mean and no employees you're pretty much the main guy and pick yeah. up somebody when you need got to get done you're going to do it with employees or without with or without it's you like you know, know it's easy it's Easier to do them with, I mean, maybe it's not easier, you know. I got guys that, you know. Well, I think we all three here sitting here agree that, you know, a lot of times less is more. You know, trying to, um, I know you guys got a lot of equipment and people comment all the time that you need more operators. And more operators don't always mean more profit. Mm -hmm. Look what happened to Charlie tonight, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Accidents happen and it's like... uh, a lot of trust factor there. Well, it is, and it's it's at some point whenever you get that much going on, you 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 become not a productive employee of the business, but you come in a manager. So yeah, you're you not lose your own. As much you're the most productive person in the business, and you become unproductive because you're managing people, yeah. and it uh, it it just becomes a it just becomes a rat race, and everybody's chasing their tail, and it's a it's a it's a big old mess. So I don't know. I'm 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 a firm believer in bigger is not better, and sometimes less is more. And the most important number in the book is the profit margin. And that's what you got to go off of. It's Absolutely. not it's not the revenue. Everybody gets caught up in the revenue. It's not yeah. about the revenue. It's about the profit. That's right. So it's like Tony Beats and his dredge. <laughs> 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 that's a whole whole podcast. That's right a whole there. another one right there. But I wouldn't foresee uh, anything changing in the near future. No. Well, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming to uh, Florida and hanging out with us and sitting down and kind of telling us your yeah, story a little great, bit. Man, so, I appreciate it. 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed Chris. Thank you for being an awesome co-host here and setting in for Mr. Works a lot. A whole lot tonight. But I'm <laughs> yeah, I feel like I really upgraded co-host here. Nothing against. I know this no, is great. <laughs> nothing against Jason. We'll be glad to have him back. Uh, <laughs> back him soon. So back soon. So all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We're going to wrap it up, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.